Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, and welcome to show number 24. We are on Country 107.7, WDLC, 106.9, WYNY, and Wall Radio. They got a ton of stations over there. Middletown, New York, 941, 949, 105.7, and 1061 on the FM, 1340 on the AM, 101.5 HD2, and we are also on Pocono 96.7. We snuck that AM station in there. I remember way back, 1986, we bought a minivan. Last car ever to only have AM radio. How about that? My dad uh, too, 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 didn't want to spend the money to get the FM radio. So welcome to the program, everyone. Uh, today's guest, uh, one of our top teachers at Port Jervis High School. We're on the eve of the basketball season. He's also our varsity basketball coach. Brian Roman, a Port Jervis community member and lifelong teacher at Port Jervis. Uh, He's coming up in our next segment uh, in studio here with me. Also here in studio is my trusty producer, Gavin. Good morning to you. Good morning. You know, Gavin, uh, this is show number 24. I'm having a good time uh, doing this. You've been a big help to me. I am struggling with the no music, Gavin. I enjoyed the sing-along songs here. Uh, you know, we're going to have some people in. We're going to mix some music up. What recommendations would you have here? I'll be honest. Listening to your show here and there on the weekend in the middle of uh, my busy schedule, I like it the way it is without music. You like it without the music? I think it works fine without it. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. I wonder what our listeners think. Uh, you know, certainly they can email in the show, Andrew at NeverSinkMediaGroup.com. You know, we were having fun, Gavin, singing along to all those Billy Joel songs and the sing-along tunes. I know. I think it's almost distracting from the show. See, that's interesting to get other people's perspective. Well, let me know what your thoughts are. Gavin and I will hash it out here in studio. But if you want the music back, we are uh, bringing in some musical groups to kind of mix something up here, uh, hit us at uh, email, andrew at neversinkmediagroup.com. Uh, Gavin, go ahead. You, you want to sing a tune? Yeah. No, I, if I try that, I'll probably get terminated from my job. <laughs> um, I did want to add my uh, beloved grandmother, who's passed many years ago, owned a 1980 Buick Skylark. All it had was AM radio, and as a child, I was... Uh, Disappointed that she didn't have FM. So, aha! Uh-huh. So you also were in a car yes. with only AM. Yep. I remember my father picking us up. It was on a Friday afternoon. I don't remember anything because I got a terrible memory. He picked us up. It was a brand new caravan. It was one of the first Dodge caravans, okay. mm-hmm. 1986. I remember those beige in color, and we were all pumped up. We're like, "Yeah, Dad, pump up the music!" And like, ah, yeah, no. It's like an extra 200 bucks for FM radio. <laughs> Can't get the FM, man. And now, and now Wall Radio's got all these stations here, you know? Well, in these days, you buy any car, there's AM and FM. Ah, Syria, you, know? you got all this yeah. stuff here. Well, hopefully those radios are tuned in uh, this morning for Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Uh, and let's get started uh, with today's show. So, uh, um, again, my guest is Coach Brian Roman, a teacher and coach at Port Jervis High School and when I was a kid, you know, I always, you heard old wise men talking about the secret to life. 
You know, Andrew, when you get older, you're going to discover the secret to life. And I was like, oh my God, I hope I discover the secret. When I get older, I, I want that. You know, it's like a, like a golden chest. You know, you open it up, it's glowing and like, oh my God, it's the secret. Well, I happen to be sitting with one of the uh, people who has found the secret in life. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But that secret, um, you know, what is your job? What do you do each day? Do you love it? And, and not everybody works at a job they love. And, you know, how do you know you're, you're going to love it when you first get started? You kind of start doing something. Maybe you started that job because of the money you were making. Maybe you started that job because it was the only job you could get. Uh, maybe you started that job because you knew somebody and they said, hey, why don't you come in and, you know, uh, help me uh, do X, Y, and Z. And you started doing it and then off you went. Well, my guest today talking about that secret of life he loves his job. He loves it, and he's got a great passion for it. Brian is a, a social studies teacher uh, at the school and basketball coach. And if you know Brian Roman, if you're tuning in, he's got great passions for both of it. And that secret to life in his life, it's obvious. It's obvious. He loves it because he shows great passion. He shows energy and enthusiasm in all he does. Uh, one of the sayings that I use uh, when I'm interviewing people and when I'm refereeing, you know, I could be in the park refing the three-on-three tournament. It's not that big of a spotlight. I could be refing just a scrimmage. But then when you get to the bright lights, when you get that game at Madison Square Garden, when you're interviewing and you're talking and da-da-da-da, in the back of my mind, what is this person going to be like when they get in front of a classroom, when the bright lights come on? Well, Brian Roman is one of those teachers we have in our building, and we have a, we have a few of them. We have a, a number of teachers that do this, that when they start that class, when they get in front of that classroom, when they get on the side of that court, they come alive. They bring it with great energy, enthusiasm, and passion. So that's, you know, today's topic to talk about that. Do you bring that in your life? Do you have that in your job? Uh, and if you don't, we're going to talk about some of those things. But if you do, you found one of those secrets. You have it. One of the questions I ask, um, you know, behind closed doors, and we ask teachers and, you know, say, hey, if kids had to pay to come to your class, if they had to pay for a price of admission, if they got to go to any class they wanted to during the day, they let's say they had to pick six of them, would they go to yours? And, and you know, I am of the opinion, Coach Roman uh, in his class, it's fondly called Club 110, uh, that there would be a line there. There would be a line to get in there. Uh, sometimes I walk by the classroom and, and you, you think there's something going on because he's banging a, a gong on the wall. They're screaming and yelling. You almost think there's a fight, but it's just that uh, Coach Roman is teaching a concept. He's teaching something in there, and uh, it's, it's amazing. And it's really refreshing to see as an educator someone that has that passion each and every day. So if you have it in your job, that's fantastic. That's a, that's a great a great thing. If you have it in your life with your family or or your hobbies, that's that's great. That's one of those secrets. Continue to develop it. Continue to make it better. Tweak it and and learn more about it. And on your way to being an expert. If you're tuning in right now and you're saying, you know what, 
I don't really like my job. You're listening over the weekend live or you're listening on demand on the app or on my website, andrewmarada.com, if you're tuned in and you're saying, I feel a little stale. I'm not looking forward to going to work on Monday. What could you do about it? You know, what can you change to possibly make that job uh, be in a different light for you or or look a little differently for you? So I did uh, jot down some things uh, that you could do to try to improve upon that. So get your pen ready, get your pencil ready. Evel, I know you are listening Saturday morning. Get your coffee. So number one, again, if you're not feeling it at your job, you've been doing it a long time, try, try mixing up your routine. Maybe get in a little earlier, leave a little earlier, get in a little later, leave a little later. A number of people I work with recently, I've seen, they're getting these standing desks. Sometimes uh, as administrator, you're in front of your, your uh, desk a lot, you're looking on the computer all day. So now they're standing, they're up differently, they're getting more oxygen to their brain, they're feeling better. Maybe you change your chair, maybe you change the lighting in your office. Something where you mix up your routine. If you continue to do the same things, if you continue to operate in the same exact manner, you're going to get the same results. Number two, do some research about your job. Get on the internet. It's so easy to do uh, research right now. Get on the internet and punch in your job and, and punch in outside the box or doing blank differently, whatever that job is, and see what's out there. Can it be done differently? Is there a technique out there that you don't know about that you haven't tried. Number three, go to a conference or in the educational world, we say professional development. Go somewhere. Ask your boss, can you go to a conference? Can you go to a meeting? Can you go somewhere where you might learn something? I, uh, As part of my job as principal, I have to present uh, once a month to the staff. We have faculty meetings. And I try to make them as great as they can be. They're at the end of the day. Teachers are tired. Um, but I do try to make them interactive and I learned two new presentation methods, mentimeter.com and todaysmeet.com. I'd never been on those. Uh, we explored them, we tried them and uh, they were great. I enjoyed them. Number four, how about a sabbatical? Does your job, does your, uh, um, role in your work, do you have that opportunity? Can you take a two week, a month, a six month sabbatical? where you could do something different, take a course, travel, write, do something different. Do you have that option? And if you do, give it a shot. How about number five? Get a mentor. Even if you've been doing your job 10 years, reach out to a friend, reach out to somebody that's doing it very well and and develop a relationship with that person. Dr. Gilbert has said in the past, success leaves clues. So get connected with someone that's doing your job that's successful, and they might uh, give you some clues. They might give you some tips. How about switching your role? I know uh, specifically, again, my guest today, Brian Rollman, no pun intended, he's been teaching Global 2 uh, for a long time, and, and he does a great job. Is there going to be a day where he asks to teach a different subject or a different class? I don't know. We're not there yet, uh, but... If you're feeling stale, if you're feeling uh, that you need a little uh, change, ask for a different role in your in your job. Number seven, it's an extreme, but you could switch jobs. 
you know, we're, we're kind of married to our jobs and education. I never thought really about doing anything else. Here I am doing a radio show and wrote a book, but who, you know, I'm still doing my job uh, at the school. But maybe if you're feeling stale, you, you switch jobs and people do it. People do it all the time. Number eight, and the last one, find time to exercise. You might be burning the candle at both uh, ends. You're working long hours, and you say, I can't find the time. I don't have the time. Well, putting that exercise into your job, into your daily life, uh, does make you feel better, does change things up, and uh, will certainly help you. So... That is my opening concept for today. Uh, we're going to meet my guest coming up in the next segment, Coach Brian Roman, where he is going to bring the energy, enthusiasm, and the passion. That's coming up next here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Welcome back, everyone, to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. This is show number 24, and I would like to welcome in today's guest, teacher and basketball coach at Port Jervis High School, my good friend Brian Roman. Coach Roman, good morning to you. Good morning, Mr. Morata. Thank you for having me. You can call me Andrew here on the program, Brian. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. <laughs> you got it. I'm thrilled to have you on, Brian, and I know you're taking time out of your busy schedule. This is a busy time for you. Yeah, this is this is uh, the, the the beginning stretch of uh, teaching and coaching, and the first month of the season is always a grind because you don't get this month back because you're playing every other day, you're practicing every other day. So, uh, yeah, this is this is the grinding time. Your throat uh, certainly is in preseason form. I know the increased. Uh volume in the gym how's the throat here today uh, the throat's a little raspy <laughs> okay. you know I, I have demands in the gym that i uh, i want a lot and uh, sometimes you have to raise your voice to get them i hope the being on the program is not going to take away from uh, you on the court no not at all okay. not at all okay coach we talked about uh, the opening segment about your passion and uh, your energy in the classroom what is it that you, you love about teaching brian I think it's the it's the uh, interaction with the students. Uh, if they, if first of all, if you show that you care uh, for them, a simple hello, how you doing? How's your day going? What did you do yesterday? It shows that you care, and they'll respond back to you. If you show respect to them, they'll show respect back to you. But the interaction to me is the most uh, fun part of the day when they understand your jokes and they understand your personality and even if they give it back to you in a joking way that to me is actually very satisfying because that means they understand you sometimes come some classes take a couple days some classes take a couple weeks to sort of buy in to what you're selling as a teacher uh, with your personality uh, but after a while if, if they respond back with things that you've said to them that to me is the most joyous or I had a kid uh, a student come up to the podium uh, about a week ago Change, I changed things around and I, you know I like routines but I changed things around I had a student come up to the podium and uh, he started mimicking things that I do up there I will often times uh, shoulder bump the smart board and uh, he did a great job and it was just it's just kind of brings this feeling of, of fun and excitement and, and humbleness and it's just priceless stuff that you can't explain 
the what is the saying that imitation is the best form of flattery? Is it that, is, yeah. and this gentleman, this student, uh, who's a, a great kid, did a great job uh, imitating, and the kids saw it right away, and they responded well, and it was, and I actually went and sat in the desk as if I was the student, and uh, it, it was really priceless. I uh, love it, price, priceless stuff. I love it, and uh, coach, you know, you were fortunate enough that you got to teach next to your father. Um, you know, what did that mean for you to, to have that opportunity uh, to do that? It was a great opportunity. Uh, we have similar personalities. Uh, I saw how he interacted with the kids in the hallway. How, even if he didn't know them, how did he get to know them? By just simply joyously saying, uh, how, you know, what's your name or uh, where you're headed. I saw him interact in the classroom on how he uh, taught his information and got his point across with fun and, and activities and uh, personality. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. We never uh, had any jealousy. We're literally right across the hall from each other. I was Club 110. He was 111. Uh, and uh, he was considered old Roman and young Roman. And we had a great time with it. And uh, he wasn't uh, jealous and we just thoroughly enjoyed it. It was just a lot of fun. I learned a lot on really how to interact with kids in the hallway uh, when they're walking by and how to get to know them and ask them questions and how they will drop their guard and be nice back. And uh, there were a couple teachers really that I learned a lot from. Kevin Birmingham as well. I know we're talking about my dad, but Kevin Birmingham, Joe McCafferty, uh, they, Bob Donnelly, they were the same. But to work with my dad for almost eight, nine years, uh, was an opportunity and then to coach with them was one of my goals when I became the varsity coach I wanted to work w alongside my dad uh, as on the bench and after his uh, three years together uh, We uh, decided to uh, change some things around and he actually approached me. I didn't fire my father uh, <laughs> But we we both agreed it was time to maybe uh, m uh, Get a young uh, coach in there to have sort of a modern program and he's gone down to the JV's and done a fantastic job, too He's still a friend of the program and uh, Consultant. Give, give a shout out to both your parents. I, I hope they're tuning in. Uh, Joan and George Roman, uh, they are uh, one of the first people that, that welcomed me to Port Jervis 13 years ago and uh, literally opened up their home to me, allowing me to stay there. And uh, your mom's uh, baking uh, in that kitchen. They're, they're very loyal fans. I, I can honestly say in my 20 years of coaching, 21 years of coaching, I don't think my mother's missed a game. And she sits really in the same spot uh, all, uh, for every game. And uh, it's, it's reassuring. It's, um, it's uh, comfort for sure. Yeah. I see her sitting up there. Uh, and she gets into it. Yeah, yeah. She gets into it and uh, she gets excited and she's cringing and moving and shaking up there in the, uh, in the bleachers. Brian, you mentioned a few things that you learned from your father teaching. And, you know, we talk a lot about parents. We've had a lot of different guests on and the lessons we've learned from our parents you know, what are some other things, again, having such a great uh, set of parents as you do, what are some life lessons that they taught you that, that you bring to the classroom each day? I, w I would say effort, hard work, dedication, responsibility. Um, you know, we're blue-collar family. My my dad, I'd see him out in the yard raking the leaves. He still does rake the leaves. Uh, my mother's always on the go. She runs every morning for the last uh, 35 years. And um, I would say just hard work and, and effort and respect, uh, how to treat people, uh, be nice, but if at times need to be firm and, and tough. Uh, that's fine too. Tough love, I guess. Uh, those are definitely a lot of lessons I learned from my parents for sure.
Yeah, I, I see you getting to work early every day and uh, always prepared and yeah, exactly what you said. Brian, how about your energy level? Uh, I have a thing that I always want to be the most energetic and enthusiastic person in the building. Uh, I think you have beat me in that area uh, uh, on many occasions, but you have a life outside of school too. When you get there early in the morning, you know how do you have that energy each and every day? I kind of consider that pregame. Uh, that's the calm before the storm. That's the that's the silence before the kids come in the building and they're expecting a show. And I don't mean a show in terms of uh, acting completely like an idiot or, or not teaching, but they they expect you to be a certain way and and they notice when you're not a certain way. I had a student a couple weeks ago say, you know. Uh, they call me Rollman. I know they should say Mr. Rollman, but uh, you know, Rolls, you're 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 not as energetic as you were when you started. And and I and he and this person was right. And so they notice when you're not um, at the top of your game, and you you've got to bring in. And a lot of it is based on personality in the classroom. Uh, they bring the adrenaline uh, out of you. Uh, I would say I'm a very anxious, nervous person to begin with. So to burn it off teaching. Uh, is probably the best thing to happen to me. I haven't been diagnosed with anything. It wouldn't be shocking if I had something. <laughs> However, uh, I'm not afraid to admit that. But um, I think it's just the personality in, of the kids in the classroom that creates the adrenaline uh, for you to perform. Uh, I do love to act, but I have to, I'm more of a spontaneous actor. I took acting in college. Uh, second semester, a bunch of us took it as a goof. And not realizing we were in with theater majors who were serious. And, and what I learned was, is I, I, I'm not a script, study a script type of guy and memorize stuff. I mean, certainly I memorize my notes. I get that. But I've been doing routine for 20 years with that. Um, but uh, the energy is just the adrenaline, the kids, uh, and the desire for them to want to learn as well. You know, it's funny you say that about the kid that noticed you might have been off. You know, I say this with the highest respect. But the kids have that sense like animals, like like a dog. Sure. You know, your dog knows if you're hurt. Your dog senses, you know, and they, there's that, they sense love. They sense uh, a, a sense of leadership. They, they follow that leader, right? <laughs> Very and, much and, so. You know, you command that room, and uh, you've certainly put the time and effort in to develop that relationship. Brian, you mentioned about... Uh, routine and and again your classroom routine and you have your structure uh, all good and you have gotten on board with trying to advance with some of the things we're doing uh, with technology you know you and I joke now about the overhead projector from years ago um, but you've slowly brought it in and you you know I in talking with teachers and educators about technology today you know I always want to say it's you're never going to replace all the things you just talked about, the relationships, the connections with the kids. Uh, and that's what makes Club 110 so special. But how have you you know, brought technology in and, and how do you use it to help you better in the classroom? Well, again, I'm a person who likes routine and change for me is very difficult. So when technology is told, uh, I'm told to change because new technology has come out. I'm very uh, hard nosed. I basically want to change at my own pace. I'll, I'll take my time. I, I don't dislike technology in the classroom. I think it is very advantageous with where kids are with technology today with phones and all that stuff. However, I just kind of want to go at my own pace. But I think it is important um, showing a video or just flashing things up there. Kids 
tend to lock it in more because it's instant. And their lives are instant now with the way texting is and Snapchats and pictures. And so I'm receptive. I just need to kind of go at my own pace so that I can uh, not panic when things start to go bad or if things start to go bad in the classroom with it and such and so forth. But uh, I'm getting there. I'm adjusting. However, I just, like I said, I'd like to prefer to go to my own pace. Um, But I have enjoyed the changes that I have made, and I see what it does to better enhance you as a teacher. Coach, let me shift gears a little bit to our community. Uh, You were born in this community. Uh, you you went away to college and you you came back. You got a job in your your former school and you and you live in the community now. You know you are uh, someone who is invested here. Uh, I remember when we first met way back when, and one of the first things you said, Andrew, where where are you going next? And and I I kind of was like I, I'm not going anywhere. And you you know you patted me on the back and said, well I hope you stay. And and uh, you know that was someone who's looking for good people to join this community, not use it as a stepping stone. Um, but that being said, Coach, you know it seems like Port Jervis is making a resurgence with what's going on downtown, um, and and in terms of uh, of the school making it an important component, education an important component, a part of everyone's life. We have some really high achieving students. You know, how do we bring the mid-achieving and the, and the lower-achieving students, how do, we, how do we raise that together as educators? I think we have to find a way to get the parents a little bit more involved. Um, I think we have to, uh, we do, we've done a great job with Eric Hipsman visiting homes. Uh, we have a lot of kids that do struggle getting to school and have the importance. Uh, what I'd like to see, and I'm, I know it's a monetary issue, but maybe we hire someone else. I don't think it's just one person that can go around and grab kids out of school or out of their home and uh, and get them to school. We have to find a way to kind of get the parents on board in various ways. Um, you know, meetings. We have a great parents' night. Maybe you have a couple more parents' nights a, uh, a year instead of just doing one in September. Maybe you put one in the mid-year and, uh, and, and stuff like that. So I just think we all kind of need to get on board. And, and kind of make it a priority for the parents to tell the kids, you know, the education. We're not saying you have to go to college necessary, but an education will ultimately get you further in life in some way, shape or form, even if it's a skill at SeaTech. Um, so I think if we just kind of all work together and get the parents on board, it's, you know, it'll, it'll work itself through eventually. And in our halls as the principal, one of the things I want to do is, is continue to make school uh, an appealing place for kids. Uh, the days of the, you go to school and this is what you have to do because this is what we're doing versus we're making you know Port Jervis an attractive place to be. Yeah. You, you've made Club 110 a place where kids want to go because of all the things that we talked about. Yeah, kids are very nice to me to say that. I, I just don't, I'm very tough on compliments about myself. Uh, I Maybe I just don't want to believe it and then I get a big ego or something. Um, but I, I have heard kids say in class very nicely, you know, I, didn't, I came to school today because of your class or I came to school today because we're taking a test. Uh, again, I, if I can appeal to them in my energetic way and, and get them to come to school and maybe, maybe my, uh, my class is the best part of the day, I don't know. When they go home they have such tough times maybe and if I can provide 45 minutes of um, fun and activity and, and excitement to take them away from that situation then I'm more than happy to do it I don't ask the kids about it um, but if I send something I'll maybe call a kid up to the desk how you know are you okay how you doing um, so I appreciate that and the kids are very nice about saying that um, but anything I can do for them is really what what I'm more about 
And we're going to give a teaser going into this commercial break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to ask, what would a, a WWE wrestling championship belt have to do with Coach Roman and Club 110? You'll find out right when we come back here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving with today's guest, Coach Brian Roman. Welcome back, everyone, to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Heard on WDLC, WYNY, Wall Radio, and Pocono 96.7. Want to get back to today's guest, Coach Brian Roman. And Coach, tell our listening audience, what the heck are you doing with a WWE championship wrestling belt in a global studies high school classroom? Many years ago, I used to announce the uh, top uh, grade in, on the test as the, the king or the queen, so-and-so, and we'd clap and cheer, and it was exciting. But then all of a sudden, I don't know, something clicked maybe 10 years ago, maybe 8 to 10 years ago, and I said, you know, I'm going to get a championship belt. I go to Toys R Us, and I'm not a WWE fan at this point. I was old school, maybe in the 80s and 90s. So I go into Toys R Us, and... I'm thinking this is going to be a, a mess of a situation. There's no way I'm going to find anything. So I walk over to the WWE section. There's figurines. There's T-shirts. And all of a sudden, there's not just one belt, but there's five belts. And I found myself standing there for 15 minutes staring at which belt would be the right belt for this situation. So I buy the belt. And basically what it comes down to is we take a test. The next day, it's test grades and title belt. And um, I hire I it up. I get the music ready. There's a song that I pick. I don't take requests, so I'm the DJ. And ultimately speaking, no disrespect to the kids, it's clean language too, clean music. And uh, we get the song ready. I got it paused, and I will announce through hyping uh, the situation. Uh, the person who has the highest grade in the class is, say the name. Uh, the students will clap and cheer. The students will come up. Uh, the student who won the title belt will come up. We throw it over the shoulder. The music's going. It's a club atmosphere. And the kids can do anything they want when they get the belt. Some are very shy. Some like to hold it up like Hulk Hogan used to do or Ric Flair. Some I've had some kids take selfies with it. I've had some kids share a picture with another student with it. Uh, they get to keep it for the period, and uh, they have to give it back, and they're the champion for the week. Their name goes up on the wall with all the other kids that are 90 or better. However, I do it five times a day. I don't have five belts, but I do it five times a day for the best test grade in the class. And I've seen that presentation, and you're describing it quite in a controlled atmosphere. I think there's some yelling, uh, the banging there's of some, the gong. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we get yeah. it going. Oh, we we yeah. get it going in there, and the disco ball's happening, and the lights are shining all over the place. So we like to hype it. We want to make kids feel special. And I try to spread the wealth. If, if, if there's a tie and uh, if someone else has, uh, has won it a couple times, I'll probably, I will more than likely give it to the other student just to spread the wealth around a little bit and make them feel special. Um, as much as I can. And, you, you know, you never know what that motivation might be, you know, but there's a kid sitting there that would say, man, I'd like to get that one. I've had some instances of arrogance, quite frankly, where yeah. kids have said, you know, I'm going to get that belt. <laughs> and when they got it, they had no problem uh, showing their friends and, and talking a little uh, smack to their... To, and I don't, I invite that, to be honest with you, because... If it motivates other kids to want the belt, then so be it. Again, it's clean language. It's There's fun. nothing going on. Yeah. It's all in fun. It's, it's all in fun. fun. We've never had any negativities around it. Coach, we're going to shift to basketball in a second, but one of the things I saw 
Miami football, they're they're on their way to having a fantastic season. I don't know if you saw this, but they got this gold chain that they, they put on with the Absolutely Miami love it. So I was thinking along the lines with the Port Pride Award, I, I, I want to get something that would like kind of designate the kid that day that, hey, I won the Port Pride Award. I know. I you think know? the Miami Hurricanes have come up with a great thing. I was trying to think of something in basketball, but uh, it's, it's something that I'm still going over in my mind uh, to see if it would work. Uh, I talked to my uh, assistant, Coach Shup, uh, about it, uh, but I, I love it. I yeah. think it's great. Um, maybe a fedora or something. Something cool. If you're listening to the program, you have an antique, a cool-looking antique something, or you something that you think that we could put on a kid, a necklace, a hat, or some sort of something, you know, send it to me. Call me at the high school. You want to donate it, I'd be happy to uh, take a look at that. But we're trying to, again, recognize kids for their achievements and, and uh, make school more attractive. So... Certainly let me know. Call me at the high school. Uh, email us at the show, andrew at com. Gavin's writing something down. I think he might have something for us. He, <laughs> so No, I'm just multitasking. It okay. happens a lot here. <laughs> I, I thought he wrote, get super dope gold chain from house. <laughs> so, hey, coach, we're on the eve of basketball season. You've been practicing for about a week. Uh, tell me about the upcoming season here and w- what your thoughts are in the first week of practice. We've had a good week and a half. Uh, kids have been very energetic. We've, we're putting them through the ringer with fitness. We saw what it did for football and how they played so well in the second half. And then a lot of our players are football players, so we're hoping they continue to buy into that. I love our athleticism. We're not very big, so we're going to rely on quickness and athleticism and try to trap as many people as possible and create a lot of havoc. Uh, but otherwise, it's been a really good week uh, and a half. And um, we've got three more weeks to go, and December 1st will be our first game. Coach, we talked a little bit about your teaching style. You know, you're tight. You have your stuff in the room. You're you're structured. What about your coaching style? Do you do you allow for some athletic freedom? And do you, tell me about your style of coaching. Well, it's definitely changed over the years. There's no question. Um, yeah, the game has changed. You have to adjust to the game. It's a more wide open game. Um, you know, kids want to run up and down, so you got to give them the freelance a little bit. This year's group is probably the first time where I said, uh, you know what, we're just going to run up and down the floor. We have, everybody has lanes that they have to fill, and there are rules that have to be followed to some extent. But I don't want them to kind of think as much, and I think I've taken away some of their freelancing opportunities the last uh, several years. And so you, you have to adjust. I, I would say probably the one person that has really changed me a lot, uh, who's a uh, played at Oswego, great player at Goshen Men years ago, great player at Oswego, uh, was, is Ryan Shupp. Uh, Ryan Shupp has uh, so much knowledge, and he's sort of the zen. I'm wound up, and he's a little bit more calmer. And he's done a great job in, in really trying to change the way the game is played and, and me getting to adjust to it. Uh, you know, you have big men shooting the three-pointer now. You have guards out, pick and rolls. The, 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 the low post game is kind of gone to some extent. Um, we still have the post player, but... Um, I would say I've adjusted in that manner, tactically X's and O's, to give the kids a little bit more freedom to to see what's in front of them and adjust on the fly. So along those lines, Coach, you know, you're down one. They take a shot. You get the rebound. Eight seconds to go. Your, your, your guard's charging down the floor. 
you call a timeout, or you or you, you let them go, or you you you're gonna just what, whatever your instinct. I, I, honestly, I think it's I think it's best to just let them go because a lot of times, depending on the score, the defense isn't going to foul you, so you can easily go right to the basket if you're down one or two. They're not going to foul you in that situation, and it, I think if you have less thinking sometimes than more instincts, then ultimately kids will make the right play in the end. Great. And uh, you mentioned Ryan Shep. You know, Ryan followed your lead there with the belt. He developed uh, in his classroom, Mount Shupmore. And the kids get their name up there. And uh, uh, Well, as you said earlier, imitation is the best form of flattery, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Coach, along those lines, you know, we spoke about your father as one of your, your first mentors. But in the coaching fraternity, whether it's high school, college, you know, who is someone that's a mentor of yours and someone that you admire as a coach? Well, I spent 13 years under Ron Semerano as the JV coach. He taught me so much on how to handle kids or deal with kids. Handling, it sounds a little negative, but how to deal with kids and personalities. Um, you know, make sure you check up on kids to transfer. Uh, we had a situation recently where a kid wanted to transfer in, but one of the things that you have to make sure of is their eligibility. And uh, he was going to be a fifth year in high school. And if you don't check up on that, then you are going to be uh, d- deemed ineligible as a team and he taught me a lot about things behind the scenes on checking on grades Ron, uh, Coach Semerano was phenomenal. He, he would sit on the bus with these kids, and, and uh, they would sit in a seat with him. And he, he literally got kids through high school that uh, had, had maybe no chance in other places. And so I, I would say Coach Semerano. Outside of school, I would definitely go to Monticello High School basketball coach Chris Russo. We came up together. We coached JV against each other for a long time. We're now coaching varsity together. We deal with uh, the same type of kids uh, who may have some home issues or have some um, issues that they have to deal with um, uh, at times. So I lean on him for a lot of the um, uh, background and um, advice, I would say. Todd Rose, Washingtonville High School, is a great friend. He'll give you anything, his shirt off his back, like Chris Russo. Uh, Those uh, gentlemen are certainly... um, high on my priority list, and I do rightfully respect uh, Coach Howe uh, at Cornwall. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's done anything that I've ever asked him to do. When when I was building the program, uh, I, I don't want to use the I, when we were building the program, um, you know, he, he would come, we would play a tight game against Cornwall, which was a very big deal when you're trying to build your program. And he took time out of his um, after-the-game speech to give to his team. He would come over to our locker room and just talk to the kids and be positive and, and, you know, you're on the right track type of uh, situation. So I would say those four local uh, coaches for sure. And I remember when the season ended last year uh, on the last second shot against Cornwall, you had a, a very nice, respectful uh, uh, handshake and, and hug with Coach Al from uh, from Cornwall and yeah, you can see the emotion there that you had. Yeah, yeah he's a great guy. He, like I said, basketball coaches are a fraternity. We we get along. Uh, you know, I've heard some different um, sports and coaches. It's it's kind of cutthroat in some ways. Basketball coaches, we all get along. If you need a video, bam, it's sent. You need a text, you got advice. Uh, everybody looks out for everybody uh, in the basketball coach fraternity, and um, it's no different with Coach Howe and many of the guys I um, recognize. Brian, the the name of this program is called Education, Leadership, and Beyond. And one of the things we've talked about in the past is motivation. You know, your inner motivation as a teacher and a coach. And 
Um, but certainly working with these kids, some of our other seasons, Brian, are, you know, six weeks to, to two months, you're looking at, you know, three to four months of, of coaching these kids. They're long days. It's cold. You have weekend practices. It's, it's 10 degrees out. How do you how do you continue to motivate those kids for all of that time? Yeah, there's no question. Winter is the and no disrespect to any other coaches, but uh, winter is a tough uh, um, uh, season to coach. It is uh, about three and a half months. It's a lot of stops and starts. There's uh, snow days and early releases, and uh, games are moved, and it's really tough on the kids and the parents too. You try to keep them motivated. Certainly, winning doesn't hurt. Uh, if you're winning, that's motivation in itself. You um, try to give advice and you try to give good speeches that are motivational and keep the kids kind of moving forward. Certainly changing your practices up with drills and uh uh, certainly doesn't hurt either. Um, I would also say shortening your practices as time goes on in January and February. It is a grinding part of the season, and you try to keep kids motivated that way. Maybe you play something other than basketball. We, uh, one year we played, uh, we found the Nerf balls. Don't tell the phys ed teachers, but we found the Nerf balls, and we played a game of dodgeball. And in half the gym, we pulled the bags across. You know, we made sure nobody could hurt, obviously, but it was just an opportunity to do something different. Um, to uh, change it up. Uh, you know, maybe you pull out the ping pong tables. Maybe you play a game of kickball. Uh, you don't do it before the game, obviously, but it is a tough season um, to uh, get through at times. Winning, like I said, doesn't hurt, though. I uh, read one of Phil Jackson's books one time, and he talked about a an intense series with the Knicks that he canceled practice at the Garden, had the bus go down to the ferry, and they actually had a Staten Island ferry lined up, and the Bulls took a, a ferry ride uh, during that playoff series to to do just what you talked about. You just try if you can just take them out of the gym once in a while. Uh, many years ago, we used to do. Um, bowling in the beginning of the season. I haven't done that recently. It's something maybe I should do maybe mid-season, but it, it, again, it has to fit in your schedule because you are playing and practicing every other day, it seems. Sure, sure. Coach, we are up against the commercial break. I have some rapid-fire questions for you before we get to that. These are quick answers, Coach. You're doing a great job today. These are quick answers, all right? So here we go. Best thing about teaching in Port Jervis? Uh, the kids. Best thing about coaching hoops in Port Jervis? Competition, the drive, the will to win. Get your uh, name on that banner. Thing that irritates you the most about officials? I got a couple. Arrogance, what, referees that don't explain something to you, and when a referee makes a call from away from the play that's really not their call. So, for example, quickly, plays under the basket – Referees under the basket. The other one is at the midline. It's not the mid. In my opinion, it's not the midline guy's call. Coming from left field, there. What is an absolute no-no with you as a coach? Lack of effort. What? Oh, God. What is the uh, the number one most important characteristic of a leader? Probably has to be the hardest worker on the floor. Has to be able to put themselves out there and be vulnerable to their friends. Doesn't have to be the best player. Has to be vocal, but positive at the same time. Last movie you watched? The Big Sick by Judd Apatow. And we talked a little bit off air about that. I'm going to have to check it out. Uh, when you read, what kind of stuff do you like to read? You know, unfortunately, I'm not a big book reader. Again, it goes back to that anxiousness, um, nervousness, maybe I'm lack of focus. I'm a, I read GQ magazine, Sports Illustrated magazine. 
keep you styling. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bring back that red coat at some point. <laughs> we are going to be right back with Coach Brian Roman uh, and teacher from Port Jervis here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Welcome back, everyone, to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, and this has been a great show with my friend, Coach Brian Roman, show number 24. Before we get back to Coach, I'd like to recap the beginning of today's show and let you know how you can become part of the show. You can email in andrew at com. You can follow me and the show on Twitter at andrewmurata21. And also you can get all kinds of information at andrewmurata.com. The shows are on there on demand or on replay. They're also on the app, uh, the Wall Radio app, the Pocono 96.7 app, and the WDLC Country 107.7 app, all on demand. So if you didn't catch Coach Roman live today, you wouldn't follow up uh, during the week or any time uh, to do that uh, and, and follow up. Also, on the uh, website, uh, I did write my book. We released it in September. This show is airing now in November, uh, but I did write a book this fall, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving, and that is also found on my website. Um, so, But today's show, I'd like to recap quickly, talking about uh, the secret to life. One of the secrets to life is doing something that you love, and Coach Roman certainly does that with his energy, his enthusiasm, and his passion. It is evident that he loves his job and he loves that what he does. Uh, and we offered some tips for things uh, you could do if you're not feeling that with your job. So if you didn't hear the first part, get your pen, jot these down. Number one, you can mix up your routine. Go in a little earlier. Come in later. You can mix it up. Number two, do some research out there on, on how things uh, how people are doing things differently at their jobs uh, that are similar to yours. Number three, go to a conference or a seminar. Number four, how about a sabbatical? A week, a month, a half a year if you can do it, that would recharge the batteries. Number five, get a mentor. Success leaves clues. Who's someone that's doing a job similar to yours that can become your mentor? Number six, ask for a different role in within your organization. Number seven, this is an extreme one, but how about switching jobs? Or number eight, exercise or mix up your eating habits, and that'll change the way you feel during the day. That being said, let me welcome back in uh, Coach Roman. Coach, you did a great job today bringing the energy on the program. I thank you very much. I've had a great time. Yeah, this is good. You, we might have to have you back uh, when we come uh, end of the college hoop season to talk uh, tournament time. Oh, that's not a problem at all. <laughs> I know you'd be more than happy to do it. <laughs> we didn't talk about your passion for uh, the Carolina Tar Heels and college basketball, uh, but Coach, this is the write-in portion of the show, and uh, uh, the community and, and listeners have an opportunity to write in uh, to the program. So we do have a question for you today. What recommendations would you give to a parent or a young person listening 
who might be in like the middle school years, you know, fifth through eighth grade, uh, to get ready for high school, to become an excellent high school student, what recommendations would you make? I would say to, and I, I'm not a parent, but I would say if, you know, if you are a parent, ultimately speaking, be a part of your kid's life. Uh, ask them how their school day was. Um, ask them how their teachers are doing. I know families today maybe don't sit down as much with a meal situation, but at the dinner table or uh, sitting in the living room, ask them how their day was, be a part of it. Uh, ask them, you know, what work they did today or how, how was school. As far as the student is concerned, I would probably say, you know, learn some responsibility, uh, discipline, balance, uh, because the high school life can overwhelm you. It is a popular place uh, among kids and uh, the work is going to get harder as you go from ninth to 11th and 12th grade. So if you have a discipline and a responsibility and a dedication, uh, then it won't overwhelm you when the when the clock starts ticking towards your senior year if you want to go into the military or go into college. Great. <clears throat> coach, sorry. I got my coaching voice here. Had some water go down the wrong pipe. Sorry about that. No worries. <clears throat> I can keep talking. Well, my second question, <clears throat> what about in terms of basketball, Coach? <laughs> Gavin, you gotta help me. <clears throat> what about in terms of basketball? Uh, a student, again, those grades, <clears throat> what can they do to get ready to become part of a, a varsity program? Well, I think, first of all, you, you want to start young. Uh, we have a great youth program in town run by Port Jervis Recreation with uh, John Faggione and a number of Warren Ponds and many others who have volunteered over the years. Tom Truckerin was a huge uh, pioneer of that league. Uh, then you want to um, start doing individual uh, skills and work on your game and work on those skills, maybe at Church Street or at other clinics or camps. And then ultimately, when you make the JV team or the varsity team, I, personally, yes, uh, you have to have some type of skill. But the big thing for me is you have to understand how to play. Um, we just had tryouts, and it's 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 tough because we have to make cuts, and it's it's not easy to do. And we we uh, we do it face to face so that we tell the kids what they need to improve, and there is no gray areas to going home and saying this and that, and uh, you know, be a man about it, and come and see me if you're not sure exactly why you didn't make it, but. For me personally, certainly the grades have to be there. The behavior has to be there. One of my phrases is keep the grades up and the bad behavior down. Um, But understanding how to play. Where am I supposed to be when the ball is here? How do I react when this happens? Uh, For me, I think that's a big one. By the time you get to varsity, you really have to understand the game of basketball from the the neck up. Well, Coach, as uh, the principal at the school and a fan of your program, I want to wish you a great season. And uh, I really appreciate making the time to come out and, and be on the program. Uh, we dedicated the uh, the ending quote uh, to you today um, on today's show, but you did a great job, and we wish you a great season. I had a great time. Uh, look forward to the season. Look forward to getting back in the classroom tomorrow, and I greatly appreciate the opportunity. And uh, this quote is for you as we end today's program. It was by Albert Schweitzer. And Mr. Schweitzer was a German philosopher and a physician. He also won the Nobel Peace Prize. And he said, success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you are doing, you will be successful. And Coach Brian Roman's an example of that uh, in the classroom and on the court uh, by his passion and his energy and uh, you know, not only do you see that in his actions, but his students do very well 
on their assessments and their state exams, uh, and that's something that's a tribute to Coach Brian Roman, the work he does, and, and certainly his family uh, who came before him uh, teaching in the schools. Uh, next week's guest is my Aunt Marion. We are coming up not only on the eve of basketball season, but also on Thanksgiving. And I have been going my whole life to Aunt Marianne's house, my father's sister in Staten Island down near the ferry. She hosts up to 30, 40 people, a traditional Italian-American Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving traditions and and all that uh, happens next week on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. That is all for this week, show number 24. Signing off, go out and change the world for the better. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.